Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to talk to Sam Amick, your NBA Daily Assist, coming up here momentarily. So we'll uh, get the latest from Sam on his optimism that something could be happening with the NBA as teams uh, can return as early as tomorrow back to uh, participate in team facilities. Although, uh, as we talked about earlier, Gordon, Jazz holding off for a few days. They want to get a few things back set before they proceed. Yeah, I'm not sure what the rush is at this point. You know what I mean? Uh, if you, it gets back to what we were talking about college football. It's a it's a comfort level. It's uh, at what point will the Jazz feel as though okay, we feel confident in in the protection of the players? And uh, sounds to me like they're taking every precaution necessary uh, to uh, make sure that that facility is safe as can be. Yeah, certainly it seems like they're doing all, their ca- uh, all they can, no doubt about it. All right, time to talk to Sam. Austin, hit it. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist, featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show, senior NBA writer for The Athletic, Sam Amick. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Daily Assist brought to you by our friends at Lee's Heating and Air. Check them out online, leesheatac.com. Let's get out to the Sprint special guest line. Sprint, they make it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Of course, he makes the magic happen for the athletic. He's our good friend, Sam Amick. Hi, Sam. How are you? Hi, guys. Good afternoon. Doing just fine. How are you? Um, uh, we're we're hanging in yeah. there, I think, aren't we, Jake? Yeah, I, doing I think great. So. Although I am waiting to find out whether I'm going to be scolded for my pessimism again today, Sam, or, or whether where you are <laughs> on that on that range. It seems to we're all varying a tad bit from week to week, aren't we? Yeah, for sure. Um, and I would never, uh, despite our past conversations, would never scold anybody for having not you know i wouldn't even call it pessimism gordon it's you know it's restraint and we all know how sensitive the situation is but i probably um haven't moved much in terms of thinking that if i was a betting man that i would i would still err on the side of them having a playoff um you're seeing some of that kind of play out with the public comments you and then your guys' backyard, Dennis Lindsay, making it clear that his preference is to finish the season. Now, I know that's a a tricky you – know, I'm not trying to, to say that, that Dennis is campaigning for it. They all preface it by saying that the doctors and the scientists are going to lead the way. But um, fingers crossed for sure that there's not – I mean, to me, if there's – if this current trend continues in terms of the virus – then it leaves the door open for the NBA to return. Now, if there's a spike, um, which is very possible, obviously, based on a lot of different states reopening now, then that's a game changer. So, you know, stay tuned. Sam, what do you think we can expect from this NBA, NBA, PA phone call uh, tomorrow? Honestly, not 
a lot. Um, I've talked to some people with the league about it, and it did not get the sense that you know they're not going to be unless it changes um, discussing you know specific proposals and plans that they might put into place. I think it's um, first and foremost a discussion about the return to practice facilities and safety and, you know, maybe some of the concerns within that. You know, C.J. McCollum of the Blazers just did an interview with Yahoo Sports today, yesterday, saying that you know, he had concerns uh, about kind of like, you know, it's either safe or it's not. So um, he was a little nervous, clearly, about reentering that environment. Uh, Mark Cuban, the Mavericks owner, has said that they will not be opening their facility right away, and, and he's unhappy with the fact that teams are currently being advised to, to not test asymptomatic people. And so for Mark, it's the lack of clarity about who's uh, who has you know the, the virus and who doesn't that makes him nervous. So I think that's some of the stuff that they're going to work through on that call. So, Sam, who is making the decisions, and how are the decisions come to how are conclusions at this point? Is there a da- daily update? Is there a group of people who are meeting together and and voting on things? How, what's the power structure? I mean, I get the sense that in some fashion, in some ways, it's it's kind of analogous to the way the government's working right now, meaning that the you know the governors are leading the way for their respective states, just and the teams are leading the way for their respective teams now. If anybody went too far afield, uh, you know, and, and was going against government policy with the team, then certainly the NBA would step in. But the teams are leading the way. Uh, even in my neck of the woods, is a, an interesting outlier because the Kings are going to return to their facility on Monday, in spite of the fact that the stay-at-home order is uh, still in effect through the 18th. But the Sacramento County. And now the so that's for California, obviously for NBA teams. But in Sacramento County, they have a public health order that was that was approved in which um, what do they call it? Non-contact recreational facilities um, can reopen, and so not gyms, but this is like a different distinction. Well, the Kings got approval to be classified as that, and so they're going back on Monday, and just to make sure. I don't know if you guys have gotten into this on the show, but for the listeners, this is not the return of NBA practices. This is the this is a one player, one basket rule. Individual workouts, not only individual workouts, but voluntary. You are you are not allowed to ask your players to return. You simply provide them a place to go if they choose to go. You cannot work with a head coach or any coach on the front of the coach's bench. It's got to be a behind the bench coach or a player development coach. You know, the general managers, unless this rule is changed, initially they were told that they could not um, observe workouts even from a distance. So very strict rules and really probably kind of overhyped in terms of what it truly represents as far as the basketball work being done. It's just basically it's better in the eyes of most NBA teams or some for them to get their guys in their facility as opposed to potentially going to play at your local 24-hour fitness or something like that. 
Sam Amick of The Athletic with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. And Sam, I've been really trying to be optimistic about everything and, and return to the NBA and what, what we all want to see. And what makes me pessimistic isn't necessarily the NBA and their ability to mitigate risk, because I think that they, if they get that on their mind, I think they you know could really be good at it. The problem that makes me pessimistic in my mind is, as you refer to, there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen, from politicians to owners to business to partners I mean there's there's so many opinions that uh, uh, unfortunately or maybe fortunately matter that's what makes me pessimistic any thoughts yeah there are um, but I don't know you know I don't know uh, to me there's still a path to execute a plan again with the disclaimer being if if the number of cases nationwide, continues to decrease and we not only flatten the curve, but get it, you know, pointed downwards. Um, because, you know, the, some of the different ideas that have been thrown out, if you have a bubble city, so to speak, even that concept I think has been mischaracterized a little bit. It, it would not be a, you know, a bubble city in the sense of a completely quarantined city. Uh, for one, testing would be key. And there does seem to be, you know, from people I talk to, a fairly high level of confidence in their ability to get the number of tests necessary to check their players every day or maybe every other day. And, you know, now the other, within that, the other thing they are definitely concerned about is sensitivity to the public and the optics of testing, you know, with that sort of volume. Um, so they're, you know, they are monitoring the testing situation nationwide because, you know, you don't want to be out there burning through 350 tests a day uh, when the rest of the public is still struggling to get what they need. So, uh, but as far as the cooks in the kitchen, Jake, I, I feel like it's no more complicated than, you know, it's the organizing and managing with city officials on whichever city you choose to go to. Um, maybe you do more than one city. And then, you know, the NBA is going to lead the way. It's an out of silver production and uh, the teams are going to fall by the wayside. And really the only political folks who matter are the ones in that city that you're trying to do a partnership with. So I think they can pull it off. So, Sam, I have a question about what Steve Ballmer is doing with the Clippers. He, uh, he, he I, I think plans are underway or there's a process for building the Clippers a new arena, right? But Steve Ballmer also has formally uh, purchased the forum in Englewood. Uh, is he is he is that a backup plan or is is he planning on build, having that new arena built and operating the two different structures? So my rough understanding and I should be more well versed in this. I do have a decent sense of it, you know, and and admittedly I I've, I've had casual conversations with people about it. I've read um, the LA Times actually had really good coverage on this story. Um, and, and basically, <laughs> it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of a, an old school Godfather type move that Bomber pulled, which is he had legal complications with the forum, which was previously owned by, uh, Madison Square Garden Entertainment. And so that's a James Dolan, you know, owner of the Knicks uh, facility. So ironically, from the other side of the country, Dolan was jamming Bomber up um, in his pursuit of a of his own arena. 
and I, I, I cannot pretend to remember all the specificities of, you know, how Dolan was able to present a legal obstacle that he had, and they, they had had lawsuits, and they had, uh, you know, there had been essentially kind of territorialism, um, you know, rights that they, they were uh, having to get through. So Bomber ends up deciding, you know, if you can't beat them, buy them, I guess I would put, say. <laughs> like, <laughs> and that's what he did. So he bought the forum, which, uh, you know, it's up to him now. But the locals certainly hope that he keeps it open as a music venue. And it's a celebrated building that obviously has a ton of Laker history. But, you know, if, if he wants to, again, go the Godfather style, you know, he could he could kind of just beat that thing into the ground and uh, all the Lakers history that went with it because it's, it's now a Clippers era from their perspective. So I don't know what he plans on doing with it. I think he has publicly said that he plans to keep it open as a concert venue, but then that just opens the gateway for him to continue progressing with the Clippers brand new facility, which last I remember hearing, you know, I, I want to say, I and mean, it's a ways down the road, but they want their own building and, and buying the forum was, uh, was knocking an obstacle out of the way. You know, I, let me just add to that. When Larry Miller uh, built uh, the, the new uh, basketball arena here in Salt Lake City, that was a huge step forward for the Jazz. Uh, would you expect something similar for the Clippers? Because, you know, you're very familiar with the situation down there. It seems like the Clippers have always operated in the Lakers' shadow. And if you're sharing the same building with the Lakers, it's kind of like, okay, it's the Lakers' building. We're just kind of sharing it. Uh, does this yeah. create does this create a new identity for the Clippers if they uh, do manage to have that new arena built? Yeah, no question. I mean, that's their hope because um, you're not. It's bad enough to share a building. Um, you're sharing a building with you know one of the two most successful franchises in NBA history, and even the lay of the land physically at the Staples Center. You know, you walk outside and it's all the statues of Laker greats, um, you know, and it's just, it's, it's everywhere you go. And, and so that is what they want is to have their own identity, to have their own history. And they definitely have kind of the little brother complex within Staples Center. Um, they, somebody broke it down to me one time, like they're not only, they're either third on the list or maybe even farther. Cause so AEG owns and operates Staples Center and you got the Lakers, but then you've also got the, the Kings, the NHL Kings, uh, and you've got the Clippers. And so it's like anything else, like, you know, when the Clippers needed the venue, when they needed something done within the venue, uh, they just, they were not a priority. And Steve Ballmer is not used to not being a priority, you know. And that's where it's, people still sleep on just the magnitude of how much money Steve Ballmer has made and what he's worth. I mean, it's just insanity when it comes to his wealth compared to every other owner in the NBA. You know, you, I just wrote a story last week about Tillman Fertitta of the Rockets, an incredibly wealthy, self-made man. You know, before this economic downturn, his net worth was about $5 billion. It's a hell of a number, you know? Well, here comes Steve Ballmer at, I think, like $22 billion. Um and nobody within the NBA is even close. And you see that with this purchase of the forum where he's going all in and I forget the price tag on the forum, but it's just incredible what that man can do with his bank account because he is just insanely wealthy. 
Real quick before we let you go, Sam, because we know uh, you've got a busy schedule, but uh, you had a conversation with Ron Artest or Meta World Peace, and tell us about that conversation. But but first, did did he change his name again? Is that true? (laughs) You know, it's funny. We did the whole interview. I promoted it, publicized it, all that stuff. Somehow missed the fact that he had changed his name again. I guess he got remarried, and I feel bad that like I would have said congrats. I didn't even know that when we talked to him. He got remarried, and I think it's Meta Ford Artest is what he's doing now. His wife's maiden name is Ford, and and so uh, he kept the Meta, but uh, he, he, you know, I, apparently he has changed it. It's so funny because when I talked to him, and I covered him for three years with the Kings, and honestly, even with all of the, you know, his misgivings at the time, he was always a, a total pro with me. Um, I, I call it, to me, he's wrong. I, you know, I might call him Meta. But uh, the name change thing has been wild. The conversation was a ton of fun. It definitely had, you know, a, another perspective on the Last Dance documentary because Ron was drafted by the Bulls in 1999 right after Michael and Phil and Scotty left. And so right after the, the end of that era, uh, he gets drafted by Jerry Krause. We, you know, he told us a great story about Krause, who was for some reason always kind of you know, underappreciating their era and their dynasty, he told Ron, he said, Ron, number seven, the number seven title, that's going to be the one that's going to destroy those other six titles. <laughs> so he was trying to get Ron pumped up for the next era that it certainly didn't pan out like they had hoped. Uh, Ron was kind of a nightmare during that time. He ended up getting traded to Indiana and, and the rest is history. So, Sam, if you were going to change your name, I always liked the name Sam. I thought that's a cool name. But if you were going to change it to something else, what would you go with? <laughs> well, you're always putting me on the spot, Gordon. Um, <laughs> what would I go with? I don't know. For some, I'm just going to go stream of consciousness. For some reason, Jack just came to mind. Jack. Maybe I've been, yeah, Jack Amick. Who knows? I actually, one time, uh, I turned a story in with my birth name, the byline of Samuel Amick, and this was like 2006, and uh, and I had an editor tell me that, that he didn't think I should do that, and, and I stuck with Sam. So as you can relate, you know, there was a time when the byline almost changed, and we almost went to the the full name, but, uh, you know, that was, that's a little what-if scenario. Jack Amick. I think it has a good ring to it, kind of like Jack Ryan, you know? It's just, you know. I hate to admit it. I, so I've been watching Homeland recently, which I love, but I think I – think, I think what just happened with me picking Jack was Homeland has shades of 24, which I used to love, and, you know, the one and only uh, Jack Bauer. I think that, that might have been what's on my mind. I'm fancying myself a, a, a you know, a, a tough, smart, saving the planet, you know, um, counter-terrorist agent, apparently. I like it. I like it. I think it fits like a glove. Uh, Sam, thank you very much, as always, and we look forward to next week. Thanks, man. All right, guys. Thank you. See you. Sam Amick from The Athletic with us here on 97.5 and, and 1280 The Zone. You know what? A, a sit-down with uh, Ron Ford, our test, is, or Meta Ford, our test. You know what? It, it has got to be one of the more fascinating interviews out there in sports, right? Well, there's no doubt. I remember one time I had uh, the occasion to interview him, and Jake, I stood there. I asked one question and stood there in amazement. It was like watching one of those... What do they call those things that you spin around uh, when you were a kid? A top? Uh huh. It was it was like watching a top. I mean, I, he went he went for fifteen minutes all 
all these different tangents. And, and I walked away. You know, sometimes when people do that, you think, oh, that's crazy. Well, it was crazy enough that it started to make sense. And I walked away impressed, actually. Well, you know, the thing with him, he he did battle me- mental illness for his entire career and uh, was became a really advocate of treatment for mental illness uh, as his his career went on, which I I find admirable, actually. And and I did think it was funny when they won the championship and he thanked his shrink. But you know what? (laughs) She, or I'm assuming, I think it was a she, didn't he he mention her? I think it was. I can't recall. I want to say he mentioned her name and that it was a a she. But anyway, I'm sure she played a role in that title. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Helping him to get the best out of himself. You know, that stuff matters. I thought I, you know, we kind of laugh at it, but that's cool. I, I like it that he turned into an advocate for, you know, there's a lot of people out there that, uh, you know, deal with these types of issues. Good for oh, him. There are. And, and Jake, it's good that you bring that up because uh, not, nothing to be ashamed of. No, it's just like any other any other treatment that's needed for somebody, you know. Yep. And there there are a lot of very productive people who have had to overcome some hurdle or another in that regard. I think the stigma should be just torn right off of that. And I hope it uh, we get to that point where we're there. It was a she. All right, I did remember that correctly. And not to not to totally go Debbie Downer on you, but I I did read where a health official said today here in our community that their uh, demand for health services or mental health services have gone up three hundred percent thus far this year. Well, I mean, probably not a given yeah the pressures of the day. Yeah, probably not a surprise, but nonetheless, you know. A lot of us are grappling with this sort of stuff. So oh, I, yeah. I always thought uh, that was cool of Ron to kind of figure out that that made an impact in his life and he could help others. She really helped me relax a lot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's funny, right? And you kind of laugh, but you know what? That's I'm sure that was very heartfelt. If it's going to make your life better, then why the heck not seek that? You know? All right, Gordon, something that's going to make your life better. Did you ever watch the, the Chappelle show? I, uh, I I I think I've seen it. I was I was not a regular viewer of that program, but I've heard an awful lot of references to it through the years. Okay, well they had this bit on it called "When Keeping It Real Goes Wrong," and it was a hilarious bit. And I I I don't need to explain it because it's not all that important. But the, well, let's get to a story coming up next that would absolutely fit in to the uh, the the theme of that particular bit when when keeping it real goes wrong. So stay tuned and hopefully we can behave like adults. I'm looking at you over there uh, Chester. Chester's not here right now. Okay, good. Good. Cuz we need Gordon for this next he one. Had but court. but it really is a story <laughs> that is is something else and it does come from the world of sports. So we'll get to that next. Want to remind you about our friends at Action Plumbing, Heating and Electrical spring into action. Mention this ad and receive $33 off any service. Call today 801-833-3333. That's 801-833-3333 Action Plumbing. More next on the Big Show 975 and 1280 the Zone. I'm here to introduce the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about from the guys you know and trust. Go, Turn it up. You're listening to The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Presented by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years. Yeah, yeah. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network.
this, this bumper is too much for this segment. All right. Want to remind you, it's the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Check out our friends at RGS Exteriors. They will improve the curb appeal for your house with James Hardy brick, stone, and stucco exteriors, along with soffit fascia and rain gutters. Check them out at rgsutahsiding.com. All right, Gordon, uh, we've got to get to this story. I, I, I want to hear your reaction. However, we you, you've got to promise me we do have to somewhat be adult about this. Okay, I'm ready. Okay. <laughs> But, I mean, it's it, it's just a, a wild story. Uh, and I'll tell it kind of through my own little lens, uh, interpreting a story from TMZ.com. All, All right. right. You're familiar with uh, Earl Thomas, Legion of Boom, Boom Earl Thomas? Yes. Uh, he's currently a Baltimore Raven. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, he's uh, riding out this whole pandemic in Austin, Texas, with his lovely wife, Nina. All right. Nina, okay. Well, Nina, one day, uh, this was back in uh, Austin. When was this uh, incident? April. Back in April. uh, April 13th, in fact. uh, Nina and Earl were having an argument over Earl drinking too much. Mm Mm-hmm. And considering that the the ending of this story culminates uh, at around 341 when the police arrive, this argument had to be in the morning, which seems a little odd to me, but, you know, I mean, I'm sure couples are arguing about all sorts of things in these trying times, no? But anyway, Nina uh, not didn't like uh, Earl drinking so much, so Earl's brother, Seth, came by the house and picked up Earl, all right? Okay. Uh, you know, Earl probably had to cool off, I don't know. Probably best to remove yourself from the situation, I suppose. He's got a driver, so he's not driving while intoxicated. I suppose that's good. Uh, so time goes by, Gordon, and uh, Nina uh, is still probably pretty steamed, uh, decides to hack into Earl's Snapchat. All right, Snapchat is uh, a popular social uh, media app there, Gordon. You following along? Yes, I am. Okay. Uh, Nina discovered pictures of Earl and another woman on that Snapchat account, Gordon, and thought, you know what? That's probably not something I'm real happy about. Uh, she then uh, used the Snapchat account to track his location to a nearby Airbnb rental. Uh, so in, in the process, Gordon, she also called up two other women to help her confront Earl and decided to grab Earl's uh, 9 millimeter Beretta oh. to, to take with. And her quote here, uh, the purpose of bringing that was to, quote, scare him, unquote. <laughs> they arrive at the house, Gordon. And uh, they discover Earl and Seth. Now, how they got access to the house, I have no idea, but I'm picturing Nina kicking down the door. Anybody else but me? You know, just a just a full-blown kick-in-the-door type of situation. Uh, she discovered, they discovered Earl and Seth naked in bed with other women. And that's when Nina admits she pulled out the gun and put it to Earl's head, stating... That she took out the magazine thinking that the gun could not fire, but cops say Nina was unaware that the gun had a round in the chamber. So that's a little bit scary. Uh, One of the women at the house shot cell phone video of the entire incident, uh, which they say shows Nina pointing the gun at Earl's head from less than a foot away. And it can clearly be seen that Nina's finger was on the trigger and the safety is disengaged, unquote. Fortunately for Earl... Uh, he wrestled the the gun away from her, 
Uh, the cell phone video shows Nina striking Earl in the nose before it's all said and done. Uh, when the cops showed up, she was uh, she had uh, acquired a knife and was chasing Earl around a car. And uh, they Earl had the gun in his hand. And when the cops said, get down and all that, they they complied. Um, uh, she pointed uh, the gun also at the other women in the room. Now, uh, Nina has been arrested, Gordon, uh, as well as her two uh, friends. Uh, Nina was booked for burglary of a residence with intent to commit aggravated assault with a deadly weapon, family violence, and uh, was uh, later bailed out. Gordon, not good. Hmm. Well, it seems like there were a bunch of mistakes made here and culminating in the introduction of a gun which is never a good idea. No. I don't care whether you're trying to scare somebody or not. Uh, too many accidents happen, like the one that could have happened in this particular case. Besides, uh, who knows what might happen? You pull a gun on someone in that circumstance, and who knows what they might try to do to disarm you? Oh, yeah. I mean, quite literally, they may try to tear your arm off. Not, not a good idea. Now, I imagine that she was rather angry, but that makes it even worse. Uh, this gets back to the definition of the word I introduced yesterday, conflagrate. You did introduce that yesterday. Yes, that did happen. And this, this, could, have, this, this could have ended much worse than it did, bad as it was. Now, Austin has a, a, quote, a quote to supplement the story here. Uh, Nina's sister told police she went with her to make sure nothing, quote, got out of hand, close quote. Oh, well, geez. failed there. So l- let, me, l- let me get this straight one more time. When the, when the police showed up, she, uh, who was chasing who with a knife? She was, she was chasing him. And he had the gun in his hand. Right. But was running With a her. live round in it. Uh, let's see. When cops arrived, they say, quote, we observed that a black female wearing an orange sweater with a knife in her hand, later identified as Nina Thomas, was chasing a shirtless black male, later identified as Earl Thomas, with a pistol in his hand around a vehicle. Uh, what's the likelihood that these two will uh, find a way to, uh, to patch this up? I'm guessing well, low. Well, Earl's response to the whole thing was, quote, stuff like this happens, close quote. <laughs> wow. He did get a restraining order, though. Did he? Yeah, he did get a restraining order. So she has to stay was like 200 <sighs> feet away. Terrible. Never introduce a gun as a bluff. Or, or how about or you can take, yeah, as a bluff out of that sentence. <laughs> well, if you're going to introduce it, make it, sure it's for real. Yeah, or? what does that mean? <laughs> Holy cow. This is, uh, yeah, this is, uh, th- there are some issues here that need to be addressed. Lots of issues, like mm-hmm. uh, like layers upon layers of issues. Mm-hmm. Like, and I, it, started, I, it started with the wife being angry at the husband for drinking too much. That's how it all started. And the brother thought it would be a good idea to take the perp at that moment, if that's what you want to call him, over to an Airbnb where there were a bunch of women. Two, actually. And they could thereby make the issue better 
by creating a whole nother problem. I've got to admit, I, I'm stealing this joke from Scotty G, but doesn't seem like a, a whole lot of social distancing rules were adhered to, huh? No, I think that's about as close as you can get. Yeah, right. Everybody's too close in this scenario. Just too close. And his brother's way too close. In way this too close in this scenario. Just Being everybody. His brother. Everybody, let's 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 get some distance. Distance. Hey, hey, Earl. How about we we fix your problem with drinking too much by uh, by inviting two other women into your life, and your wife is already mad at you. That mm. would complicate matters, and probably change your password if you're going to do that. That that would be like standing on top of a building with your clothes on fire and deciding it would be a good idea to jump off the building. You're just compounding the problem. Well, you'd probably be fine if you had a nice soft mattress to land on. It sounds like to me there weren't enough clothes involved here, actually. <laughs> I think you need a, you need one of Tom's really, really finest adjustable mattresses uh, and beds to, uh, you'd be to just survive fine. that. Although, really, I'm not sure that introducing a bed into this equation was all that smart either (laughs) joining us now from the warehouse he of course is our good friend tom and tom your help uh getting our listeners taking care of mother's day too right hey listen best way to solve angry wife is a new adjustable bed and i was thinking about it because all of these mothers are now school teachers with all the homeschooling going on mothers need a prep time so you know how teachers get their prep period? This is period the best prep, a good night's sleep for your day, and we're going to take care of you for Mother's Day like you cannot believe. Last hour, as soon as we, we hung up, I had somebody call. Uh, they then came in and they bought uh, a, a king. So they wanted me to make sure everybody understands the deal is not just on queens today but I have incredible deals on Kings. I've got a solid King with a gel-infused memory foam mattress. This is an adjustable bed with a gel-infused mattress that's normally $1,700 just for the mattress. I'm going to do the entire package, mattress and adjustable bed for $999. Then if you want the split King, I've got a head-up, foot-up with a, a mattress that's incredible called the Tranquility. And if that doesn't make you feel good, just the name of it, how about the price nineteen ninety nine instead of $5,400? And then if you want the best one with massage, USBs, LED lights, split king, all of the bells, all of the whistles with that incredible uh, hybrid tranquility, twenty four ninety nine. But that's not all. For Mother's Day, anybody who buys an adjustable bed, you can have a free pair of sheets or a free mattress protector, your choice. And then we've got deals throughout the entire store. Um, I've got a bedroom set. This is a California King mattress with a headboard, footboard, and the box spring, the entire package for 99 Great time to take care of your, your sweetheart, your spouse, or your mother. Come and see us at uh, the warehouse, and that's a big earthquake boom. Well done, Tom. 86 East University Parkway, 1967 South, 300 West in Salt Lake. First being, of course, in Orem. Go in. Take advantage of it. Appreciate Tom from The Warehouse. We'll have more Big Show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
comes are going tonight She hears only whispers of some quiet conversation Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time for another Mountain America Market Update. Let's get out of the zone phone. Joining us now from Mountain America Investment Services, he's our good friend Ray Nishikawa with us back on The Big Show. Ray, how are you? Doing well, Jake. How are you doing? Uh, We're doing great. Uh, Tell us about those markets out there today. Well, market uh, had another good day, so the winning streak uh, continues. Uh, The Dow was up 200 points, and the S&P was up 32 uh, jobless claims, though, uh, were new ones were uh, at 3.1 million, so that brings us to a total of 33 million currently unemployed individuals in the U.S. Um, but stay-at-home companies like Netflix, uh, like uh, gym equipment companies, um, have shown an increase in revenue, so it seems like that's somewhat br- uh, helping the market. And we're seeing uh, stories about companies that aren't losing as much money as they thought they would also helping the market. So. Let me figure that one out. So uh, are, are you suggesting or are you, are you predicting, I guess, a general upward swing? Or do you think it's going to be volatile for some time to come? Well, I think it's going to be volatile in that there's really three truths to the market in that um, the analogy I often use is uh, think of like a tuna fish. It never really stops moving. If it does, it dies. And so the market will, one, always move. Two, it lurches. It doesn't really flow. And then the third one is it does move in trends. And so we saw in March was a really, really bad downtrend. I believe it was the worst one in over 100 years. And then we had a really strong April, and we're now in May continuing that trend. So although it's hard for me to call that this is the beginning and the end, we are definitely in an uptrend now. But I would say it's too premature to say this is it. We're done. We're back to normal again. Mm -hmm. What about a little advice on navigating all of that? Uh, The navigation part, that's going to be the tough one. So I think the key thing here is to keep perspective. Uh, Right now, I'd say that the markets, we had a big downturn. We had the big upturn right now. We're kind of in a state of financial purgatory. So some people, I think, are going to begin to get antsy. Uh, They want something to happen. And so my advice right now is don't make a change just for the sake of making a change, right? It's typically based on emotion, and any sort of short-term change based on emotion is never a good thing. Um, yeah, it just it's bad. If you want another Laker analogy, I got one ready for you, too. Let's, okay. let's have it. <laughs> so if you look at the Lakers since 2000, if you subtract out Phil Jackson's tenure, right, where he won all those championships, you had seven coaches, with an average tenure of about 103 games per coach. So that's, what, one and a quarter seasons? And you could argue that every one of those coaches, they were looking for a change because they wanted to win now. They were impatient. They were in a hurry. They had pressure. And it never really works out in the long run. So it's better to just not necessarily stick with the plan, but understand that a change for the sake of making a change doesn't usually end up being a good thing. So would you recommend it as a good time to invest I would say if you are already an investor, keep doing what you're doing because the prices that you'll buy now, you'll look back, not next year, not in two years, but probably five and definitely 10 years, and you'll say that you bought it at a good time. Just like if you were to buy homes back in 2009, 2010, the prices were up by 2013 or 14, but if you look today, you're significantly higher in value now. So it does take time. 
So if you've already started and you're doing it right now, keep doing it. If you're looking to jump in, be cautious. Try to build that foundation. Don't play those risky bets right now because you could get burned pretty badly right now. Ray, as always, thank you very much. Hey, not a problem. Thanks so much. Thank you, Ray. That's our friend Ray Nishikawa from Mountain America Investment Services. And there is another Mountain America market update. The investment products sold through LPL Financial are not insured Mountain America Credit Union deposits and are not NCUA insured. These products are not obligations of the credit union and are not endorsed, recommended, or guaranteed by Mountain America or any government agency. The value of the investment may fluctuate. The return on the investment is not guaranteed and loss of principal is possible. All right, Gordon, coming up, we've got what's going on. Uh, We'll uh, take a look at the big news across the Zone Sports Network, including the Joe Ingalls show, which was this morning with DJ and PK. And also coming up in the 4 o'clock hour, we have Stuart Mandel at 4.30. And then uh, we're certainly looking forward to this, Gordon, at 5 o'clock. We're going to have a chance to talk to Mike Snarr. Uh, interesting, he's he's got a book out about the jazz that we'll talk to him about, Lock at 5.30. And we also need to find time. Maybe we get to this in what's going on, too. You've got a, a column that has uh, just been posted not that long ago. In fact, I think right after the show was started where uh, you kind of go down the road of a funny story that uh, it, it's kind of wild that it happened. Yeah, it involves Jim Boylan. Nice of me to show up. Your favorite guy. Yeah, the the guy you trashed on Chicago uh, sports radio. Yeah, <laughs> well, trash is such a accurate such word. A, <laughs> okay, right. uh, we've got what's going on coming up next. Stay tuned, ninety-seven five and twelve eighty of the zone.